Welcome to Basic Brewing Radio for Thursday, September 1st. I'm James Spencer. Here at Basic Brewing Radio, we're all about home brewing, making beer at home. This week, we talk to Gerard Lemons, who has an impressive history in brewing. Gerard gives us background information on hops and the hop industry. But first, on a serious note, I want to say that we're thinking about our neighbors to the south as they go through tremendous suffering in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. It's incredible to see the devastation on television with entire communities wiped off the face of the earth. I'm sure you've heard it elsewhere, but the American Red Cross is in the thick of things down there. And if you want to help, their website is redcross.org. Now, I want to thank everyone who has given input on the sanitation issue. If you'll remember this past episode, Andy in Chicago asked that we do a show on sanitation, or is it sanitization? And I asked you, our listeners, to help. Several have written in to give their two cents worth, and I appreciate it greatly. And I plan to put together the sanitation show in a couple of weeks, so you still have time to weigh in if you like. You can send in your sanitation preferences to james at basicbrewing.com. That's james at basicbrewing.com. Or fill in the contact form on basicbrewing.com. I also want to say howdy to a couple of folks this week. Rick from Collierville, Tennessee, dropped a line to say he enjoys the show and likes the selection of guests. Well, I appreciate that, Rick, and I think you'll really enjoy our guest today. And I also want to say hello to uh, Mike from Salem Springs right here in northwest Arkansas. I ran into Mike at the home brewery in Fayetteville this past weekend, and that's the second week in a row that I've been able to meet listeners in person there at Andy and Neil's store, and that's always fun. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show. It's a blast for me to do it, and I hope that we'll all become better home brewers uh, as a result as time goes on. Now, to our guest for this week, Gerard Lemons started his brewing career in 1965 as a trainee brewmaster at Heineken Breweries in Rotterdam. After two years there, he obtained a postgraduate degree in biochemistry and brewing. Uh, Gerard then worked at Bass, first as a shift brewer, then R&D brewer, and then, at 30, became the youngest head brewer at Bass. In 1973, he joined Morris Hanbury to build a pellet plant in Kent, England, and he later became technical sales director and later a partner at that firm. Gerard Lemons is now with Brewer Supply Group until November, when he will retire and move back to the U.K. Well, as with other guests, we started our conversation with a basic question. What are hops? Well, hops are uh, a raw material for the brewing industry which uh, gives the beer a bitter taste and a nice smell uh, and uh, also contributes a little bit of preservation because that's why hops were initially used uh, centuries ago uh, to preserve the beer. So initially it, it was to preserve the beer and yeah. was it uh, was the bitterness kind of uh, was it accept was it accepted at first? The bitterness and, and aroma in those days and and I I'm uh, we we're thinking back probably till the the 8th or the 7th century when it is known that hops were grown in the north of France um because uh, Pepin uh, III, who was the father of the Emperor Charlemagne, 
left in his will a hop garden, which, uh, to my mind, is the the first mentioning of hops in history. Although the Germans always claim that uh, they were the first to grow hops, I think hops were probably in Europe grown in in the seventh, eighth century in the north of France. And how long did it take uh, hops to really take hold and for people to really uh, expect the bitterness to be in their beer? Oh, I think that that came much later. That That is when we're then thinking of probably the the 17th or 18th century. And now it's it's hard to think of beer without hops. Yes, of course it is. And especially uh, of uh, without hop aroma. Uh, because, of course, the, the craft industry has developed in, in such a way that aroma is uh, as, if not more, important than the bitterness. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about, uh, uh, possibly about how the craft brewing industry has kind of affected our awareness of hops. And, you know, these days, uh, even the even the the casual craft beer consumer uh, and certainly the home brewer is aware of the different characteristics that that different varieties of hops bring to the beer yeah and and that is uh, with the breeding of different varieties that has become far more pronounced and of course the craft in in the industry uh, has been really uh the way of the hop breeder uh trying to breed more varieties because the craft brewer wanted differences in their beer and and they all, they don't all want to produce the same uh, pale ale they want to have an indi- individual pale ale so lots of different for hop varieties have been bred here uh, um, and, but also in Europe. I mean, Europe, of course, England started with uh, breeding the first varieties. Uh, Professor Salmon at, of White College in, in Kent in England was the first breeder in, I think, 1909 of new varieties. And um, if you then compare that now to the United States, uh, where... Twenty years ago, only four varieties were grown, but now 35 different varieties. Wow. Uh, it, it really shows you how important all these different varieties in terms of their aroma and in terms of their bitterness have become. So what kinds of aroma, and is, is the bitterness the same kind of bitterness, and, and what kinds of aromas can, uh, can we get out of hops? Well, the bitterness is, is, is fairly, in my opinion, is fairly affected by the level of cohumulone. Cohumulone being one of the five alpha acids, uh, which are known. So, uh, the, if the cohumulone, uh, is above, I would say, 28%, then you have to uh, be fairly careful about the harshness that might contribute to your beer. And it, of course, depends on how, how much hops you are adding to the beer. Uh, so if, if, you're, if you're adding a, 
uh, a hop with 28% cohumor alone to uh, a lager and therefore very little hops, then that, that cohumor alone isn't uh, as uh, uh, bad as if you add it to uh, uh, an ale with a bitterness of 50 uh, EBUs or BUs. So it, it depends, of course, how much hops you're using. But to, in my opinion, the cohumulone is very important. And the new high-alpha varieties which the breeders brought onto the market initially were very high in cohumulone. And uh, they have now paid attention to that, and now they have been breeding um, uh, high-alpha varieties with l very low cohumulone levels. And then, of course, the aroma. Well, uh, um, uh, you you can have, uh, of course, very sort of delicate aroma uh, as the old Landrace varieties, such as Czech Sarts and, and Fuggles and Goldings and uh, Halatau Aroma have. But um, you can, of course, breed varieties with more uh, total oils in them and total oils which have a different aroma. Uh, so you can produce varieties uh, which have got a lemon-type aroma or an orangey-type aroma uh, or whatever aroma uh, you might want. Um, so the breeders have uh, developed quite a lot of new varieties, in fact, uh, especially here in the United States now, compared to Europe, uh, there have been more new varieties bred here. And of course, the future, the future of it all is going to be dwarf hops. Dwarf hops. Dwarf hops. Yeah. Dwarf were uh, uh, originally uh, probably about um, fifteen to twenty years ago developed again at White College in, in Kent in England by Dr. Ray Neve. Uh, and uh, about 10 farms in Britain are now completely dwarf hops. But um, the Chinese have started um, growing a lot of hops, uh, initially mainly high alpha uh, varieties. But um, with that, they have become quite a force international, internationally uh, with the price of, um, of bitterness. So to combat um, the Chinese, in my opinion, the only way America can do that is by growing high-alpha dwarf hop varieties and uh, one farmer here in the Yakima Valley has just started doing that about a year ago and has developed the first uh, uh, American dwarf variety summit. Now, what, what does a dwarf variety get you that uh, a traditional variety doesn't? The advantage of a dwarf variety is that it does only grow to about 10 feet high, so the wire work is going to be 10 feet feet high, uh, and therefore uh, of a m much less solid and expensive construction, um, 
and in addition to that, they have developed uh, tunnel sprayers which go over the rows of hops and collect the chemicals again, so uh, cut down the cost of chemical sprays used on hops, but also the environment. And although uh, there hasn't been a, a lot of um, uh, um, news about the environment here in the Yakima Valley, I can see that the future will be people are not going to like it uh, anymore if those sprays are all blown around. Um, and uh, so the tunnel, the tunnel sprayers for dwarf hop yards are going to be, uh, in my opinion, the future. So, are you saying that the the uh, increasing uh, popularity of hops in the Yakima Valley uh, could get the attention of the environmentalists? With uh, would it be pesticide use? Yes, I, I would have thought so. I, it certainly. Uh, uh, has had a lot of attention in uh, in Europe, and of course uh, it, it has already got a lot of attention because certain chemicals are not being allowed to be used on hops. And with the increase of um, uh, diseases on on hops, which started here in 1997 when suddenly uh, powdery mildew came around which they hadn't had in, in the United States in the hop-growing areas, um, the amount of chemicals they are using has increased, and therefore the cost of those chemicals. So China is getting into the, uh, into the hop China market. China is now the third largest hop-producing country in the world. Hmm. And are they targeting exports for all that production? At the moment, I think they they aren't producing enough yet for export, but they certainly will be. It is. It's been said that uh, you know, or at least I've read that American hops tend to be more citrusy, uh, you know, in characteristics. How would you describe? Uh, would is that an accurate description? First of all, no, I don't think that is an accurate description because you can't. You can't generalize American hops by their aroma. As I, as I mentioned, there are now about 35 different varieties grown. Well, they certainly are not all citrusy. I mean, citrusy, if you, if you say citrusy, I, I think of Cascade, um, or Chinook, or, um, probably, uh, uh, Columbus, uh, but but not all varieties have got that aroma. One of the uh, one of the more uh, apparently the the more sought after uh, hops at least this season uh, is uh, apparently Amarillo. Oh yeah, which is uh, Amarillo is my my favorite hop variety, and uh, um, this is why this is another aspect for. The craft brewer and and uh, forward contracting necessity is that Amarillo is only grown by um, one farmer, and that is Virgil Gomash Farms, um, and it is one of the most uh, popular varieties now in the craft brewing industry, um, but also in the larger brewing industry. In fact. Uh, 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 a, a large brewery in Finland, for instance, uses Amarillo in their lager. Hmm. And 
I think it's a variety of hops which which has done well from barley wine to lager in 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 all uh, different categories of beers. Amarillo is doing well. How would you describe the uh, character of Amarillo? I'm not a good person in describing uh, uh, aroma of hops, um, but I would describe Amarillo as a strong, um, a strong cascade type aroma. I think Amarillo is the closest one to a cascade compared to any other variety. No other variety really has a sort of cascade type aroma but Amarillo. The danger, I think, with Amarillo is that, um, and, and, and thank God there is, there, there, there is another um, a hop um, expert who, who thinks the same way, is that when you have a new hop variety and you put it in the ground, it will take five years for the aroma to settle down. Hmm. In those five years, the aroma changes. I've seen it now in the United States with Columbus Tomahawk. Columbus Tomahawk was first a very, what I called, a cat piss type aroma. Hmm. That has changed completely. The strength has gone out of it as well. So um, I notice there's a little bit of change in the Amarillo as well. The strength has certainly gone down. And the harshness, I, I always find new varieties of hops have got a harshness in their aroma. The harshness in the Amarillo has also gone down a little bit. So we need to watch that it doesn't change too much. So what, what's the new hop on the horizon? The new hop on the horizon is Summit, the dwarf. So that will be interesting. And it will, and I certainly uh, see more dwarfs being developed here or even being imported here. So all this all this development has got to be good news for craft brewers and, and home brewers alike. Yeah. Yeah. And what you see, James, what 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 a lot of home brewers or home brewers less but um, craft brewers haven't realized uh, enough is that if they want a certain variety and it is only grown by one or two farmers, they need to make sure that they get that variety by contracting for the year or even contracting forward. I mean, the the large craft breweries contract forward for three or four years. They make certain that they get the varieties they want. Um, and the the hop industry has gone through a difficult period uh, of nearly ten years of overproduction. So the farmers now do not overproduce anymore. Mm. So if you want a certain variety, you have to make sure that you get that. That's of course difficult for the home brewer because he will be the last in the line, so to speak. Right. Maybe we need to lobby our uh, homebrew su- supply stores to make sure that they buy enough supply uh, at the beginning of the season or whenever yes, the best. And, and, of course, they could help by telling the wholesaler what sort of, of hop varieties and quantities they might need for the year. 
that's a way of of making sure for the home brewer that he gets the varieties he wants. So the retailer could uh, have a, a sort of closer contact with the wholesaler about that. We continue our conversation with Jared Lemons of Brewers Supply Group next week as he gives some practical advice to home brewers on the use of hops. And Gerard has generously provided a paper that he has written on hops to be made available for download. In the paper, he writes about chemical composition of hops and the origins of various hop varieties, along with other interesting information. There's also a table in the paper that lists hops and their associated levels of cohumulones. If you'll remember, Gerard says cohumulones are responsible for harsh bitterness from hops. And also there are photographs of the cones of several hop varieties. You can find the paper titled The Breeding of Hop Varieties in the description of this episode on our website, basicbrewingradio.com. That's basicbrewingradio.com. And don't forget, in two weeks, we'll have our sanitation show. If you want to weigh in on the sanitation issue, we'd be happy to hear from you. Also, if you have brewing questions, show suggestions, or just want to say hey, write to james at basicbrewing.com. That's james at basicbrewing.com. Or just fill out the contact form on basicbrewing.com. And please, don't forget to tell us where you're from. And while you're on our site, you can check out our DVD, Basic Brewing, Introduction to Extract Home Brewing. You can see a listing of the fine folks across the country who sell our DVD. And if there isn't a vendor in your area, you can order it online. Well, that's all until next week. Until then, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. I'm James Spencer, production help for Basic Brewing Radio, and our website is provided by Kelly Dotson. Basic Brewing Radio is a production of Active Voicing, and we'll talk to you next time. So long.